What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, are we ready? Oh, yes, here we go. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. And it starts right now. Oh, welcome back to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. We are incredibly excited for today's show. We are going to be talking with Josh Robert Thompson in a little bit. And boy, he's just awesome. Uh, we've been working together now at Family Guy. He does so many voices for us. And of course, if you're a fan of the Howard Stern Show, you remember him quite well for pulling his fake Arnold on so many people. We'll talk to him <laughs> in a little bit. But uh, before we get to that up top... We got a couple things to discuss. First of all, we got big news for this podcast. Uh, we, I sent you to the reports. Oh, yeah. You know, you start a podcast, you have dreams that, you know, maybe it'll go well, maybe it'll be popular, and uh, you come to find it's a little tougher than that. But we just got a huge international report. We are number 98 in Iceland. I have a little bad news. What? Uh, we dropped to 99 because two people jumped. <laughs> first joke of the day. First joke of the day. Uh, did they you, jump Danny the Smith. building? Or did they <laughs> but this got me thinking because we got, we got the international report. Number yeah. 98 in Iceland and we were like number 189 in the Philippines. That's well, that makes sense. sense. That's the JC effect. <laughs> we, call people. Yeah. we call it. Um, but uh, we, it started us thinking, do we take the show on the road to yes. Iceland and then the Philippines? First of all, I would gladly, of course, do this. Yes. My idea is that if we go to the Philippines, we get as a guest Andrew Cunanan's father. <laughs> I have a lot Second of questions joke. for him. Second joke. In case also, I find fascinating. And I, I, would, I would just do an hour about his purported innocence. <laughs> <laughs> and what about Goldie? You had mentioned uh, the, the guy who created uh, QAnon. Yeah, we could have him on. The guy from the HBO documentary, I think his name is Ron Watkins. We could yes. have him on where he thinks America is going. Yeah, just, uh, uh, just a casual Does he want to put down. any theories out directly to Michael Flynn that we can just use to maybe, you know, 
just do a second insurrection that uh, takes yeah. five years to unwind. Yeah. And, you know, that was our slogan on this podcast for a while. Where we go one, we go all. And so, you know, I think <laughs> right. that that would fit in right in with QAnon. But wildly popular. Where we go none. <laughs> we go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but what 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 is how do we explain Iceland? What what is it there? Like what what is drawing them to us literally in dozens? <laughs> I have to believe we're close. The title of our podcast is close to some sort of like childhood fairy tale yeah. that we don't know about. <laughs> and people think to deep dive into some bleak cultural lodestone <laughs> and then they get hooked in by us yes. and keep listening yes there's yeah. a there's a famous icelandic fairy tale called the typical dismissive toad I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're just entering it wrong and they end up with us something <laughs> like that yeah, I yeah love if you're that. in iceland just email us and uh, let us know yeah. If you live in... Yeah, if you're a theater owner, (laughs) if you can get 50 people into a theater in Iceland to come see us, we'll do do it live. We will go. We'll do it live. Um, Yeah, and it is... That goes uh, for any city. Yeah, good call. call. Really any city. Any any college. Yeah. We'll be like... Festival. What was it? The San Jose State Bulldogs. Anytime, anywhere, they'll play anyone on any field yeah. at any time. That's we'll, that, we'll do that, that. BS High. I was gonna say I watched it by the that, way. That we will watch that documentary <laughs> yes. of BS High. We're we're Sycamore. We're Bishop Sycamore, Bishop Sycamore. of podcasts. <laughs> we will go. You can have a festival where you're having like the Smartless guys, right? Yeah, and, and, and you know Dax the Shepherd, murder podcast, Dax and Shepherd. then we'll come in. <laughs> And just charge at them yeah. yes. and take an L. We will take an L at yeah. any For podcast anyone. festival. Anyone. <laughs> I love that. Goalie, that was a good recommendation, that BSI. God, that, that, that's, yes. on Ma- that's on uh, HBO Max, now Max. Yeah. Uh, very good documentary. Yeah. The line it. between insanity and success is so razor thin. So because thin. If they had lost that game by only 14 points, the story yes. then becomes little heard of. School yeah. puts up a fight and yep. let's meet the guy, the coach who runs it and yes. who invented the program. Then he gets on the air and he does his charismatic. And everybody thing. gets scholarships. And then, yeah, yes. people say, yeah. you know, one person gets a scholarship and then this is a real thing. I know. Yes. It was, we boy, just need to fun. trick one fucking important person. <laughs> yes. I, know. I know. I'm telling you, we have Dana Walden on the hook. Oh, no. We can get her. I'm telling this is this might be the Fox Thursday night lineup, just two hours of us gabbing. No. We can do it. We're not allowed to talk to her anymore. Although maybe, wow. maybe we could get a message through Drew Barrymore, who apparently Ooh. is. Yes, is talk about that. Met, met, tell, them, tell them what's happening here. So I read this morning that Drew Barrymore is. Uh, going to violate the strike lines and she's going back to doing her talk show. She has a talk show, which is the first piece of news or she had a talk show. Yes. (laughs) This talk show went off the air. Now she's going back without writers. Drew unplugged. Uh, She's breaking the strike. But did you read or the book or watch the movie Unbroken? Yes. Okay. So in that book, there's the detail of the plane crashes. They are in the ocean the Pacific, I know in the wide open ocean, in a raft. There's, I think, four people, and there's maybe eight chocolate bars. Yeah. The idea being <laughs> that we can take these chocolate bars, ration them out, yeah. and survive a couple weeks. But instead, what happens is one dude freaked out, 
and instantly ate all the chocolate. (laughs) That is Drew Barrymore. She's just gorging herself on the chocolate. (laughs) She's the least important person on TV to begin with, maybe. The the, the Drew Barrymore show. There has been no difference in life with the Drew Barrymore show and without the Drew Barrymore show. So certainly... You can wait in fucking line to go back with the rest of us instead of skipping ahead and going like, I got to get my message to the people of like new 10 new spatulas you could have in your kitchen. Four fall broths you could be eating right now. Wow. Four fall broths. Six essential V-necks for your dog. Dog. Just wait your fucking turn. And I will be at the studio yelling this sometime this week uh, wait she's in new york goldie i think she's i will york. not unless someone can fill a theater with 50 people in new york be in new york this week oh god that's so funny uh wow i i, I can't there's no yeah great great angry monologue there drew what the hell are you doing i mean i guess for someone who's been in front of the camera since she was two, I guess she can't stand it if she's not. But why? She can't. Why do you think she's doing it? Because she can't stand being out of the spotlight. Really? You she, think that's why? Yes. Why else? Why else? Is it money? I don't Maybe know. Maybe they threatened that she would lose the show if she doesn't go back. But everybody she's lost She's losing their show. the show either way. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Oprah. It all ends the same way. Canceled. I know. Right. Yeah. Right. No, what if it's, it's yeah. Maybe a, it's what, to employ her crew. I don't know. I'm uh, trying to find, I'm trying to figure it I'm out. I'm sure why. like that's part of it. That'll, that'll, listen, that'll, it is a hard time. Right. Okay. <laughs> she will, she will use that crew as a, as a human. But like, I, I'm sure. sure the crew is having a hard time. I'm right. having yeah. a hard time. We're all right. having a hard time. It Chip is a too. hard time. That's right. like the nature of what we're doing. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is the epitome. She is actually breaking the, the, line right yeah that's oh, yeah. literally what she's doing yeah she's yep. got to be in sag i assume talk show hosts are covered you don't see other talk shows on the air yeah um all right last thing before we get to uh, our own torture which josh robert thompson is going to join us for i'm so excited i love it when people have the guts to join yes. us for johnny jokes and his johnny is oh, great so this is gonna very be exciting so fun one tiny little thing you remember a couple of weeks ago i made a suggestion uh on the show i said that a lot of people do top fives and why didn't we do it top six? And that way we could call it 666. And both of you were confused and annoyed yeah. and didn't like the idea. And it went <laughs> I away. Was well, I thought that was the end of it. No, our phones listen to us, right? Yeah. So here's what happens now. Every time I'm on YouTube on my phone, every video I look at, the likes, the likes count on the video are 665. Every video. So when I like it, it turns to 666, a sign yes. of the devil. Every yeah. video. Yeah, and, and he I, sent I, me proof. I have three screenshots oh, that I don't prove need to, this. I don't need to send. I can I can show you right now. I'll scroll on YouTube, any video. Okay, somebody's reacting to space balls. <laughs> yep, there it is. I'll hold it right up there. Wow. 665 this is, likes. This is yes. like a scene from the... Worst horror movie. (laughs) It's the it's the Nomen. (laughs) Someone reacts to Spaceballs is also just 
just the weakest concept to begin with. Like when oh, you're watching Spaceballs and you're going, oh. No, they love it. They, I don't know why. It's from the Blechsercist. Um, all right. So the, that's a weird thing. If anyone has any explanations, please feel free yeah, I, to yeah. email us at a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. But right now, and and I just mentioned it, uh, he's disappeared. Hopefully he can come back up because his his, uh, library looks beautiful. Oh, there Uh, he is. It's gorgeous. Our good friend Josh Robert Thompson is going to join us for Johnny Jokes. From Hollywood and wherever Josh Robert Thompson is, which could be Hollywood, here's Johnny. Uh, yes, yes, oh, yes. Uh, and, and and Josh, now we like to give our guests a choice of where they would like to go, but I, I'm i going to suggest that maybe you go last because your Johnny is so spectacular and I don't want to waste it up top. So if you're comfortable with that. I, I, I will go last. Yes, I'll go last. All right. I won't get us kicked off. <clears throat> okay. Well, for the first time ever, Scientists have grown a whole human embryo without sperm or an egg. Yeah, weird. Uh, The experiment was funded by Stanford, Big Tech, and Jewish wives. (laughs) Jewish wives. Oh, boy. Well, maybe you heard about this and a kind of a nice story here. Uh, California will become the first state to recognize National Transgender Month next year. Uh, the celebration is set for March, but prefers to go by April. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good Johnny. Uh, thank you, sir. Two for two. Uh, oh, don't count them out like that, you know. <laughs> that just ruins the next one. Uh, and here's a kind of a specific joke. Uh, well, today, of course, is 9-11. And after over 20 years... Two new victims of 9-11 have been identified. Uh, while the names have not been released to the public, Steve Ranasizi has his fingers crossed. <laughs> thinking he you might be one. I, I was very skeptical when I heard 9-11 and then the word victims. <laughs> yeah. Usually yet, that's you not, a it up. Or not a recipe for success. Yes. All right. And here we're going to close with a little run here. Uh, NASA has greenlit a project that will create fresh oxygen on Mars. Uh, If the test is successful, they will try it next on Los Angeles. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's right. We are currently on a smog alert here in Los Angeles. In fact, 
uh, the air is so brown that state Republicans have signed a petition to send it back to Mexico. Yeah, it's so brown uh, that the LAPD attempted to pull it over on Cahuenga. Uh, It is so brown, O.J. Simpson tried to kill it and a waiter. Oh, wow. wow. Goldie, take it away. A baffo performance this week. We we had a real Johnny here. I had to step out. Glad to be in the middle. (laughs) Well, Senate Democrats are freaking out over Joe Biden's low poll numbers. But the president remains confident that once all the votes are cast, he'll be the last man falling. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) According to a new report, recently departed game show host Bob Barker had Alzheimer's disease. Ooh. Yeah. Well, no wonder he didn't know the price of anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got Ed here. I love it. That helps. Yes. Okay. Well, in spite of spending tens of millions of dollars on his campaign, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is polling at just 8%. Uh, Insiders say DeSantis may attempt to increase his popularity by writing a letter of support for Danny Masterson. (laughs) there were other ways i could have gone with that but I in deference to a friend of the show i pulled my punch yes <laughs> okay and finally a dispute over a parking space led to a double shooting at home depot Oof. Uh, bystanders went running for help Wandered the aisles for 40 minutes without finding anyone, then drove to Lowe's. Uh, Yes, great badge. All right, uh, Mr. Johnny Carson 3, take it away. Yes. All right. uh, Well, this is uh, very exciting. uh, Uh, This is our big... our big 9-11 show, big 9-11 yes. show, and uh, got a lot of great guests. we got uh, George W. Bush going to be stopping by. Uh, George George did 9-11. George did not do 9-11. George did 9-11. George did not do 9-11. All right, well, he's going to be joining us. And uh, also Dave Matthews is going to be playing a song uh, for us, uh, Crash Into Me. Is that right? That's, uh, all right. I believe and, also uh, very... uh, this week we have uh, uh-huh. Drew Barrymore coming yeah. on with the band Anthrax. (laughs) Yes. Put that in your envelope. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I like the, uh, well, it's, um, it was very hot out there. We've got this, this heat wave, you know, global warming is, uh, is, is you hear about in the news all the time. It was, it was so hot this weekend. Uh, it was so hot that I saw a fire hydrant flagging down a dog. All right, all right, we'll try another one. All right, is this microphone working? All right, all right. Uh, it was so hot. It was so hot this weekend that I caught Doc and the band snorting ice cubes. So, there you go. All right, we one more. All right, we, all right, all right. Here we go. Uh, it was it was so hot this weekend. <laughs> it was so hot that Burger King was singing, "If you want it your way, cook it yourself." All right, <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Sally Struthers will be joining us. <laughs> Someone has to now use a dolly to move Johnny to his chair. That's yes. how old this Johnny is. <laughs> We've got the very talented Greg Evigan will be out here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's great. Joe. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Boy, all right. So you heard him at Johnny's. I love when our guests do Johnny's. It just, it speaks to, um, you know, being a real writer, a real comedian. and of Not course, being a coward. Not yes. being a coward. Well put. <laughs> So our guest today, the pride of Cleveland, Ohio, let's be honest. Um, if you've been watching TV for the last 20 years, you know him. You may not know you know him, but you know him. So he uh, was the sidekick on uh, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson for many, many years. Uh, you may remember the talking skeleton. That was this man. And now we are lucky enough at Family Guy to have him do so many voices for us. And of course, the one that leaps to mind for me is his Morgan Freeman, which is so good that Morgan Freeman endorses it when Morgan Freeman cannot do it. He'll have this man do it. And this man is none other than hilarious actor, comedian, Josh Robert Thompson. Josh, thank wow. you for being Welcome. here today. You look what so handsome. What a beautiful handsome. introduction. Yes. Oh, I, I kind of stumbled over Thank you so it. much. I appreciate that, Alec. And you know, as you, <laughs> as you talk about Morgan Freeman, you know, one of the things about recording a, a show like this so early in the morning, at least for me, is that my voice is all craggly and tired and it's perfect for Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it just never sounds better right when you roll out of the bed and into the studio. So I appreciate that. So happy to be here with all of you today. Uh, and, and what a perfect day, by the way. Thanks for, uh, you know, it's the big 9-11 show. And, um, Love that. Boy, couldn't get anybody else, huh? Let's, uh, uh, you know, people Josh are Robert unavailable. Thompson, 9-11 show. <laughs> Let's get him it. in there. <laughs> and to be clear, for those listening and confused, we are recording yeah. this on 9-11. That's right. It will right. be released right. on the very happy day of 9-18. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So recording. the big 9-18 show. All right. Well, yeah. now I can confidently say 9-11 was only my second worst 9-11. Oh. Josh, do you have any friends named Andy who you can do your Morgan Freeman voice for? <laughs> Andy, I w no, I don't have a friend named Andy, but oh Andy uh, will be a future friend of mine. There you go. <laughs> oh, Andy, I know I you out there somewhere. I think it's safe to say I liked him from the first moment I met him. I'm imitating your Where might you go in Mexico if you were to go just oh, to a beach? <laughs> Who can remember the name beach? of that town? I'm surprised. What was the name of that town? It was uh, Zihuatanejo. 
Zihuataneho. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so Is that good. what it was? <laughs> yes. Like getting an itch scratched. Well, it's funny because we did, okay, so at Family Guy many years ago, I was lucky enough to write an episode called Three Kings, where we took each act was a Stephen King story. And the third act was Shawshank. And there's a part in the actual movie Shawshank when Morgan Freeman gets out of prison at the end and decides to go look for this thing that Andy Dufresne had left him under a rock in the field in Maine. And there was one conversation earlier in the movie where Andy Dufresne had said he dreamed of going to this little town called Zihuatanejo in Mexico. And so then Morgan Freeman goes all the way out, finds this little box under a rock, pulls out a postcard from Andy Dufresne, and he says, and it says, if you've come this far, maybe you're willing to go a little farther. You remember the name of that town in Mexico, right? And I was thinking to myself, there's no fucking way I would remember the name of that town from like a conversation from 12 years ago. And so we put in the Family Guy episode, it was Cleveland Brown looking at it. You remember the name of that town, right? And he just goes, fuck. (laughs) He doesn't at all. Um, But you remember. You remember the name of that obscure town that I told you about? Lo, those many decades ago. God, that Well, I sure hope you can. Oh, my God. Because otherwise, you're fucked. (laughs) Otherwise, you're not going to really be going anywhere. (laughs) Maybe Pacoima or Panorama City or something like that. That's probably where you'll end up. Yep. Oh, my God. Just a nice, comfortable place. So, Josh, I mentioned it in the intro. Pride of Cleveland, Ohio. You you grew up in Cleveland. Uh, what do you um, get back there? Do you still have family there? What do you remember about? Yeah, I don't get Cleveland? I don't get back often. I don't yeah. get back often. I wouldn't say I was the pride of Cleveland, why Ohio. Not? Why not? <laughs> I wouldn't say. When are you When are you coming back? When are you done doing all that crap that Hollywood La La Land? What are you doing out there? Are you done? I heard the whole everyone's on strike. <laughs> Learn to code. Get a real job. <laughs> Learn to code. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. So the Chicago accent creeps down into Cleveland, huh? Kind of does, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. you hear that flatness of it. That flat. I thought my name was spelled uh I thought my name was spelled J A S H for for the first uh, 15 <laughs> years of my life. Josh. Josh. <laughs> Go down in the basement, get some pop. Cherry <laughs> pop. <laughs> what kind of no. local br- what kind of local brands of pop did you have in Cleveland? Did you have any weird sodas? We- no, I just I, we just drank uh, RC cola. That's yeah. all we. Well, that's yeah. God, what an admission of just having no agenda. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't. I can't choose between Coke and Pepsi, so I'll just take the one that everyone agrees is worse. That's right. <laughs> a two liter, a two liter, no less. I actually prefer RC to Pepsi. I will go out on a limb and say that. I think RC actually does a better job of like imitating Coke. Wow. And Pepsi kind of tries to do its that. own thing, and I think they fail. That's my takeaway. So if I see an RC, I'm not as excited as Coke, but I'm also not as disappointed as Pepsi. I don't drink soda, but I would put Diet Pepsi one. One? What? Wow. Diet Pepsi is by far like, you like foul tasting. You just like it when it doesn't, (laughs) when it's angry in your mouth. It's just the taste of an 80s diet. Oh, that's true. Tab. Wouldn't tab be that? Tab. Oh, tab. Tab is a 70s diet. Oh, Oh, you're right. Wow. That's true. You know, they, um, in the aughts, they came out with, I don't know if anyone remembers this, they they tried to revive tab 
and they came out with Tab Energy. Oh it was God. like they came in the slim cans. It was like right around oh, the time okay. Red Bull was going big. So Tab was uh, like, this is our chance to come back. <laughs> so a buddy uh, of, of ours, uh, Biggins, uh-huh. and I, we used to have this drink where we would drink vodka and Tab Energy, oh. and we, we would call it Rocking the Vote. <laughs> vodka, Tab Energy. Oh, <laughs> you want to come over and rock the vote, watch The Sopranos? Yeah. yeah. The vodka will bring you down. The Tab Energy will bring you up, and so your mind will be at war with itself. Oh, yes. wow. <laughs> we, we didn't mind the war. It was preferable to our resting mind thoughts. All right, so Cleveland, you, you don't call yourself the pride of Cleveland, although I'm sure people there are proud of you. Um, There's a few people, sure. Well, I used to, you know, because we have, you know, basements in the Midwest that I used to build uh, talk show sets out of cardboard back when the the refrigerators came in giant, you know, cardboard boxes and they would discard them on the front lawns. Yeah. It sounded like uh, Garrison Keillor. It was a beautiful day in Cleveland and the, the sun was setting and a young boy heading out to the... The front lawn, just a small patch of grass, and he got himself the discarded uh, refrigerator box that Mr. Jenkins had put out there. And he, Mr. Jenkins. He took it downstairs and made himself his own little talk show. <laughs> I just want to point out that Garrison Keillor got me tooed, which must have been the most exhausted harassment <laughs> ever committed. Just your breathless, perfect impression of him. Oh, would you mind if I put my withered hand on the small of your back just for a moment? Guide you down this uh, hallway. And... How would you like to work in radio production? <laughs> You know, the Lutherans uh, could really use someone like you. I got to sit down for a minute. Oh, God. You're out. <laughs> I love it. Did he really get me too Yes. Yeah. Oh, my wow. God. Is he alive? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Wow. I'm still uh, here. I'm alive and well. <laughs> Just watching the sunset on another day. Living in shame. <sighs> wherever I live in Minnesota or something. Um, but I read that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're, when you were very young, your grandmother bought you a cassette recorder and that started you on your journey of kind yeah. of mimicry. You would record yourself and listen to it back and record what you said, like a talk show and all that. Yeah, the Fisher-Price tape recorder back wow. in the day. So awesome. That was like so my cool. prized possession. It would started, I was watching The Muppet Show Yes. During during its original run. Yes, and, thank um, you. I I saw the, the the end credits. There were all these it said Muppet performers, and I noticed at a very young age that there were all of these names: Frank Oz, Jim Henson, Dave Gels, Richard Hunt. You know, just, and I didn't know who these people were, so I I got a book. Oh, Dick Hunt out of the library called "Of Muppets and Men," Ooh, nice. which I have now. This beautiful big hardcover book. And it was a history. It was sort of behind the scenes of the of the Muppet Show, and that's where I learned that these individual people did multiple voices on the show. I just I couldn't understand that. Yeah. And um, so that's and probably my he... first impression was trying to do the Muppet impressions off the TV. That's so uh, cool. And what were people's first impressions of your first impressions? Well, that's yeah. nice, honey. <laughs> well, that's nice. Why don't you get a real job? Learn to code. <laughs> learn to code. What the hell? I'm seven. <laughs> I love that learn to code is like clearly your catchphrase. Why like, is that a thing a now? Job. But everyone comments that now. I don't understand. <laughs> that's such an old... 
Learn such an to... antiquated thing to yeah. say. Yeah, it's like when the computers were the size of the computer in war games. Like right. that's yeah. when you learn to code. But everybody's commenting that now on all of the uh, any any post about the strike right. on Instagram. Really? Yeah, code. yeah, yeah. They're I learned still... to code. <laughs> so what what are you talking about? What are you, you guys no, all right? Yeah, we're, go work for Texas Instruments. <laughs> yes. hot, hot new company. Uh, that's, you know, it's so interesting that you um, bring up The Muppet Show because that was such a huge show for people. And you're, you're a couple years younger than we are, but basically the same moment in television time. Yeah. And uh, I remember watching that show and my sister, my older sister, would tell me the next morning, I could hear you laughing in your sleep. Oh. Like, that show had such an effect on me. It was so exciting. That theme song was, like, the yeah. most exciting part of the week. It was oh, just yeah. like, so were your first impersonations Muppets? Yeah, Muppet, you know, Kermit and Fozzie Bear, you know, those kind of impressions. But I think, I think the big thing about the Muppet show that was interesting was that was the first time, at least for me, I have a lot of people I imagine, that we were introduced to people like Milton Berle and um, you know Bob Hope and yes. all, all the old vaudeville comics were basically in their golden years at that point. Yeah. But Jim Henson did a really amazing thing and sort of reintroduced them to everybody through that show. So I'd yeah. never heard of any of those people until that. Right. Danny Kaye, all of those guys. Yeah, right. um, Danny Kaye was funny. Yeah, he was great. He did that inchworm. He did a song. He did inchworm, but it was on the back. It was it was in the it was outside at the back of the Muppet Studio, and it was something I'd never seen before. Where they actually took the show. You know, they'd go backstage a lot on the show and show you everything going on backstage. But then they went outside and kind of hung out by these trash cans on this yeah. stairwell, and it was just. Yeah. It's just a beautiful poetic moment. But I think seeing like George Burns. Uh, do his kind of patter, you know, sitting by the piano as Ralph the dog is kind of bantering with him. I didn't really understand then what was happening. I didn't understand that it was like a nightclub kind of cabaret thing. Right. But but I really, uh, I really locked on to the musicality of the jokes that were being told by by all of those guys. And so I think that was the really the thing that first started me on my path to, you know, doing comedy and, and voices. And can you tell in your head when you've when you've got something like, I mean, can you, from the minute, is it, is it hearing someone and you think to yourself, oh, I, I can nail this? Or is it the first time you try? I think it's, it depends on who it is. You know, I mean, um, Morgan Freeman came out of the, uh, my De Niro impression. I was well, actually, how, how? well, just, with De Niro, you, what I do is I take the tip of my tongue and I kind of roll it back a little oh bit my in my mouth. So, yeah. I mean, I'm doing the face now, too, you know, yeah. that helps. Yeah. But wow. there's a little bit of a thing. And so what happened was, Whoa. you know, I was doing the De Niro voice, some <laughs> video. I don't fucking know what it was. Some That's fucking a, thing. You really resemble him. Uh, I know. Some, you, some you fucking bullshit. You know, I don't know what the hell it was. Some <laughs> prick was shooting me with the camera, and I was like, you know, point it over here. Point it over here. And, uh, <laughs> Bring it over! <laughs> you are like a deep fake. I when know. you change you, your face, but you, you learn like to code. Learn to code. <laughs> learn to code. So, uh, but then I dropped the tongue during this impression, and it went it went from this 
to you know then there there was this kind of sound here oh, God. but it was a little nasally still and then i said oh shit i think i could do morgan oh. freeman so that was one that i just kind of fell into oh, and um but you know over the years it's changed and as he's gotten older you know morgan freeman has a little bit of a his voice is a bit thinner now. I mean, I do a lot of ADR for him. Yeah, yeah. I know it's amazing, and which is wild. And <laughs> um, but he has like I think he has like like kind of maybe denture flap. There's a bit more lip flap there. Yeah. So um, he he sounds a bit more like this, and you'll hear a lot of this kind of business. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. So they bring Josh in to clean me up and all that bullshit. <laughs> so then I sound like this. Hey, everybody. Oh my God! You're a you know what is so great? Uh, I mean, obviously the the impression is is spot on. I'm both of them. De Niro, unbelievable. Morgan Freeman, fantastic. But this moment we're living through in a uh, voiceover world, where it is it has been deemed somehow inappropriate that someone with your skin color would be doing the Morgan Freeman voice, but for the fact that Morgan Freeman himself has said, this is the guy right. I want doing it. So I love that for that, for that impression. I mean, did that, now, that must make you feel great. Are you allowed to designate a guy when you can't make it? <laughs> right. yeah, who's Maybe my... you could go back the other way and that <laughs> yeah. could remedy the situation. I think the, actually, you know what? Yeah. But the only guy, uh, oh, right. But that, that would only be Frank, Frank Caliendo. So I guess yes. that doesn't work. No, no, can't yeah. do that. Well, you but certainly can't do that. Morgan could. I, I but, can do it, Josh. If you tell me, I will bestow it upon him. <laughs> there was so a crazy. moment. Um, there was a moment a few years ago where I did get a phone call, and uh, uh, <laughs> I was told that um, I would not be able to do my Morgan Freeman on the show, yeah. uh, on Family Guy. Oh, right. And then that changed quickly. It changed very quickly. <laughs> but there was a moment, and it had, didn't have anything to do with the show. It had nothing to do with anybody at the show. No. There was a note that came down from on high that, you know, we should probably find somebody else. And so they they attempted to do that, and then uh, two two weeks later came back and said, all right, you're still going to be Morgan. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and... It's just an impression. I mean, to be fair, it's just an impression. It's not some kind of caricature or any, yeah. anything, a stereotype or yeah. there's nothing. It's just no. me doing another guy's voice. So no, you're not... you don't seem to do the thing where some people do where you just glom onto like one phrase that someone uses and then that becomes the center of it. You seem to actually be doing these organic, almost eerie uh, inhabiting yeah. of the persona. It is eerie. Shapeshifter. Yes. Yeah, well, if you will. I appreciate will. you saying that. I think that's that started with Arnold. I think that started with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, really? here we go. Yes. No, it did. Well, but I think that us. was the difference. Back doing it with um, even even before Howard Stern show, I started doing Arnold Schwarzenegger on a show called uh, the Conway and Steckler Show in Los Angeles. I listened oh. to that. You oh, know, cool. D Doug Steckler, who was a, a writer on SCTV, this guy was like an Emmy-winning writer from SCTV, one of my favorite shows in the world. That was the other big influence, Muppet Show and SCTV. He right. was so funny. And and uh, Tim Conway Jr., son of the legendary Tim Conway. And they had a radio show in Los Angeles for many years on what was the FM, one of the only FM talk stations. The FM talk station. <laughs> and I used to call into their show as Arnold. 
just just calling in randomly. One day I just decided one day to call in, you know, how are you guys? It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. First of all, let me tell you, this is so great to be here. Let me tell you, let me tell you, of all the radio shows that I've done, this one is the most recent. <laughs> it's fantastic. And... Um, <laughs> So did but they yeah. ask you to, or you're just saying on a lark you called in? A- a- yes, were- on, on a whim. Yeah, I, in fact, I was out of work. I had just quit my job at my lucrative job at Blockbuster Video. Yes. yes. Awesome. And uh, wow, what a difference. And I, uh, <laughs> I, had, I, had, I was just drifting. I just had no, nothing going on, couldn't find work. I loved that show. I was listening to them in my car one night driving around, and I decided to call in. And, uh, and that was it. I did that show for... I called in as Arnold for like a year, almost every night on that show. Wow. And oh I God. learned everything. I really learned about timing and comedy and just coming up with bits because it just was, they just gave me this platform because they had time to, they needed to fill time on yeah. that Were show. you collaborating with them and, and pre-planning or was it just, hey man, just call in at like 940 and we'll put you on? Yep. It was just call in and go for it. And wow. that's you so know, awesome. And and that I learned so much doing that, and then that got the attention of the Howard Stern Show. And I have to credit Tim Conway Jr. because he's the one who made the call to uh, you know Gary Baba Booey over at yeah. the Stern Show and said, "We got this guy that you know does this impression." But the big thing was the prank phone call to Fox and Friends. Yes. <sighs> And yeah, tell us about that because this is so cool, especially that, in light of like you know today's version of Fox. But this oh, is way before that. This was the you know this was the Fox and Friends. I mean, it might have been the early days of that show. I, yeah. I don't that show had been on for a couple of years, and there was a radio show out of Atlanta called The Regular Guys, and they heard my impression on Conway and Steckler and they set up this prank. They 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 wanted to prank Fox and Friends and have Amazing. Arnold call in because at the time there were rumblings that Arnold might run for president. Right. Oh, wow. uh, not president for president. Governor. For, for governor. for governor of California. And uh but nobody really, you know, thought that was going to happen. So this <laughs> is all before that. Yeah. Wow. And they somehow got me on the air. I don't I don't know how I talked to a few behind the scenes people, you know, all these people in a mad rush. You could hear all these people on the phone. We got Arnold. We got Arnold on the phone. We got Arnold. Arnold, can you stick with us? Yeah, that's fine. I'm just here in New York uh, (laughs) talking about the different school programs and all that. And uh, because of the Conway and Steckler stuff, I had amassed a series of note cards with key phrases, like Arnold's phrases, because I was so nervous I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't want to screw up, so I would have them all laid out, uh, you know, on a desk. And it would be like, you know, words like, uh, instead of enthusiastic, it was enthusiastic. I'm very enthusiastic, <laughs> fantastic, and all those things. And let me tell you something, you know. And so it was just all those phrases. And then, and then I learned everything I could about Arnold. And I think, and I think Goldie, that might be what you're, I, I learned everything about him. So like, I fully became Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it wasn't just, you know, get to the chopper and uh, right. all the gurgling stuff. <laughs> Catchphrases. That's <laughs> what I most people too. do. Yeah. You know, and I think most people are doing an impression of Dana Carvey's impression. I think it's mostly an impression of someone else's impression. Right. Yes. So it's like the Hans and Franz thing. And 
so, somehow mine just became conversational. So they kept me on the air. When I finally got on the air on Fox and Friends, I had all my note cards. I was sweating bullets. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. This is probably 2000. I think it's probably 2000. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I was on the air for like four minutes. They just Whoa. kept talking to me for four minutes. And they totally <laughs> bought it. They totally, totally bought, bought it. it. <laughs> oh, God. That, well, th now this, it, there are a couple of things you brought up there that are interesting. And I, I want to get back to the Arnold thing, but you brought up the Dana Carvey mm. element of it. So in the world of impressions, which you are certainly, you know, one of the kings, what, uh, there are people who do impressions like you do. And I would say like a, like a Daryl Hammond, where you, you just fully inhabit it. You want to get every detail, you know, pitch perfect. And then there are people like Dana Carvey who go out there and have tremendous energy mm -hmm. and kind of get the spirit of it, like his Bush and his Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So is there a silent war between people who do it like you do and people who do, do you look at people like Carvey like he's not a god the guy's just out there like what a dancing fool no I you know when I was younger yeah I think I think I, I'm not in that I don't think that way anymore but I think when you're starting out I think that's probably the way you would feel you know right. it's kind of oh look at this guy he doesn't know it. that's not a Morgan Freeman that right. socks <laughs> you know? like in the early days I used to have to deal with like the early days of YouTube I had to deal with that a lot because there were a lot of gamers that would do, you know, half-assed impressions of Morgan Freeman. Right. This, hello, this is Morgan Freeman. And, you know, <laughs> they'd get millions of views and people would say, this is the one to beat, dude. And then <laughs> yeah. I pissed off. And, you know. Yep. I knew it. I knew it was real. Yeah. I knew it was real. Yeah. Because uh, when YouTube came, it, look, it's like a million people can do a Stewie impression. A million yeah. people can do a perfect, a pitch perfect Stewie impression. So what's the fucking point? Right. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I was having this thought er earlier this week about how, you know, cause you were in late night talk as well. We were in late night talk and that this used to be such a special moment of the day. And in a way, the, the reason for the Johnny monologue was you did kind of get your news that way. Sometimes if you hadn't been able to watch world news tonight or whatever, it was like there was this information gap in your day between reading the paper. And then additionally, they would bring this guest on who you only saw that guest if they were on TV or in a movie. Like you had no idea what their life was like. So you could go a year right. without seeing Tom Cruise or knowing. Mm -hmm. But now with the updating, the constant updates, and it must be for a comic like particularly hard because it used to be, hey, you can go on a talk show, you do your thing, and then people get excited you're coming to their city. But now do you feel this pressure to every day be like, now it's like Morgan Freeman commenting on Drew Barrymore Ugh. going back and, yeah. and like this endless production that doesn't allow people the space to miss it. No, right? yeah, I don't, I, I don't do that anymore, but I used to, I used to chase that every day. And it was only out of desperation that there's there was no I just had to stop because it, it was like what's all right what's hot today what's uh what's yes. topical all right all right all right uh, De Niro De Niro talks about uh, you know uh, Donald Trump that's it all right good 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 yeah do a face swap deep fake you know no I'm over here doing like you know uh, George Lucas uh, yes. talking to Dustin Hoffman I got a, my great friend Jeff Richards who's a Phenomenal impressionist. That guy, next level genius of impressions. He has a show where it's all deep fake stuff. 
he does a killer Dustin Hoffman. So yes. the premise of his show is he's never he never arrived. He's always late for his own show, so he has a celebrity guest fill in for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> We've done three episodes where I've come on as George Lucas. Oh, awesome. and it's George Lucas just talking to Dustin Hoffman, and that is more satisfying to me than trying to chase down some fucking like TikTok thirty. Yeah. Like I just other people can do that. I just can't. I can't do it, man. It drains my yeah. life essence. Yes. Well, yeah. now, I how did that. you come to the George Lucas impersonation? Like, how did you even? Because no, I, I don't. I don't even know how that occurred to you to <laughs> impersonate like a guy who's so soft spoken. Like, you never hear him talk. Here, I'll put. the, I got the wig actually. Oh, yes. it's so great! I love this. <laughs> Is your neck this. about to disappear? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you put on prosthetics too for it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Let's see if I can. Let me just put my. Oh, I love it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, oh, the there it went. Bye bye. Wow, hey guys, it's a chim impression. <laughs> hey guys, George Lucas, uh, creator of the Star Wars saga. Uh, you know, it's uh, these new films are just wow, it's just real crap. But uh, yeah, I sold the company for uh, four billion dollars. Whatever it's his matter. I'm so tired. I'm just so tired. Yeah. I like yeah. what you do that I think I haven't seen other people's impressions is that you match this energy level that I yeah. didn't realize I was perceiving <laughs> right. from the person until I saw you do it. And now it's like, oh, right. Yeah. Right. This that genius does seem this, exhausted. This genius, this, this innovator of film, this, this, you know, this cinema innovator of effects and technology, most exhausted, monotone, soft-spoken yes. guy. <laughs> well, it, it, uh, we, uh, you know, at Family Guy, we've done the Star Wars episodes. Oh, yeah. And uh, for the first one, I was lucky enough to go with Seth and some people from production up to the Lucas Ranch. It's beautiful. And we um, screened the episode for him, sitting next to him. Wow. And to his credit, he laughed the entire time. And afterwards, he was like, wanted us to use his special theater. And he said, you know, we could watch any any Star Wars movie we wanted. Wow. And we and we chose Empire. Um, And he and he said something that I I always thought was so cool. He just said, like, he said, yeah, that's probably a good choice. He goes, the new ones aren't so good. <laughs> and those were the ones, th- those were the ones he had the made. He made. <laughs> yes. And I, and I, I ended up defending them to him. I was just like, I was like, hey, Revenge of the Sith is great. Well, it's no, awesome. it's not that great. I mean, it doesn't really kind of, you know, it gets a little messy there in the middle, but I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, I think what Irving Kirshner did with that, uh, Empire Strikes Back, was a much better film. You know, he did Eyes of Laura Mars. That was a really great film. So the thing with George Lucas, by the way, I made a TV pilot many years ago and got and had a chance to mix the sound at Skywalker. Oh, wow. And so that place is amazing. The best part of that is in the pilot, I have a segment where I play George Lucas. It's retired George Lucas wow. uh, at at the ranch. We shot at Malibu Wines and Safari. It doubled for Skywalker Ranch. They have like zebras there and all kinds of things. Right. Uh, and I'm in this fully, you know, prosthetic makeup with the, you know, we, <laughs> the the makeup team, we spent a couple of days looking at different uh, necks for George. <laughs> yes. Which era neck are we going to go with? <laughs> You're right. Let's keep it sort of respectable here. And uh, yeah. so we shot there. 
and I'm in the THX theater where, where you're talking about, where we were screening the pilot and Ben Burt, like the great yeah. sound editor of all time, comes in and sits down in the back and is watching during the George Lucas sketch where I'm playing George <laughs> Lucas. Oh my God. And afterward, he says, George would love this. This was great. George would just love this. Um, while I was there, one of the guys at Skywalker said, we have to prank uh, this guy named Matthew Wood, who is another great sound editor. They were working on The Force Awakens at this time. They were just, yeah. they were just finishing it up. So they had me call Matthew Wood as George Lucas. <laughs> and what I said was, Hey, hey, Matthew. That's George. Hey, hey. Uh, listen, I know you guys are pretty much you. You got a picture locked there, but uh, I was just wondering. And don't tell anybody this. You know, they always give me a hard time about this. But is there any way that we could put like Jar Jar somewhere in there, <laughs> just somewhere in the back? And he's and he. I think for about a minute, he really thought that this was George. <laughs> and he said, "Well, George, I don't, I don't know if we can. Well, I know, I know, but I know you can do it. It's, imp I, I know you can do it because it's impossible. That's how I know you can do it. <laughs> That's like something George would say. You're right, right, right. And then, and then I tipped him off, and I said, "Well, okay, all right, all right, but okay, how about this? I got a great idea for Red Tails Part Two. Do you want to?" And he said, "Who the hell is this?" <laughs> but. Uh, so it was, it was only the content of what you were saying that, that tipped him off. That it was it. the impression. Wow. Yeah. That was it. That's but, so amazing. It, you know, I, I want to get back to the Schwarzenegger in a minute, but I, right. something occurred to me while we, were, right, while we were talking about this. You have all of these just absolutely spot on impressions. Do you feel like in a way that because you're you're a comedian, you're a performer, you're an actor, do you feel like the, the the impressions have sort of taken you over in a way that maybe has has prevented you from getting traditional acting roles? Because people are always like, "Well, no, we we don't want you. We want George Lute. We want Arnold mm -hmm. Schwarzenegger. We want Morgan Freeman." Yeah, I I, it, I don't think of myself as an impressionist. That's the thing. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I've had people say to me, you know, you should do a you should do a Vegas show. You know, mostly people in Cleveland. You know what you should do? You should go to Vegas and do a show. And then learn to code. code. And learn to, you should code on stage while you're doing your little voices. I don't, um, you know, I started out as, uh, making films and, uh, and writing, you know, writing short stories. And, 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 and that's, that's kind of what I've been doing now, especially when the pandemic started. I, I started working on a book and I started, you know, making, working on some films and that's the stuff that I really gravitate toward. The, the impression stuff I fell into and it's, I'm a, I'm a reluctant impressionist. That's what, that's what I would <laughs> right. call myself. Right. Like I enjoy it. I love doing, I, Family Guy is my favorite. I mean, I enjoy it just because the way it's set up, it, you, you guys just, you make it so easy and it's so much fun and it's not like this long drawn out painful you know because a lot of recording sessions on other projects it just it's they yeah. they just it's it's too meticulous and they take all the fun out of it you know yes. well that's because jc is so good at her job that's, that's what so i'm easy. trying to say here <laughs> yes. it's nothing to do with me <laughs> but i but i it, you know yeah i i i've sort of made my peace with because it it's it, it doing impressions and doing this kind of work i mean it affords me the time then to work on the things that i really want to work on you yeah. know yeah um I just I don't know. It's an interesting question because I'm I'm sort of conflicted about all of it right now. I'm kind of in the middle of this like, 
you know, I, I, I want to be taken more seriously, you know, as an actor. Yeah. Um, I, I've done stand-up. I mean, I toured with Craig. Josh, we're going to go on tour, man. Come on. Yeah. He, I, I, heard him, I heard him say to you that he, you had never really done stand-up. He just said, you can do this, right? And he just invited you to open up for him, right? Yeah. Well, I was like, sure. Sure, Mr. Ferguson. I'll be right there. <laughs> you know, I had been doing the Late Late Show with Craig for a couple of years by that point, And, yeah, Josh, you know, we're going to go on tour, man. Maybe you, 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 you do stand-up, right? Yeah, sure I do. Sure I do. So you got like 20 minutes or something? Yeah, I got 20 minutes. No problem. Oh no, I got God. five. I'll stretch that to 20. <laughs> 20 minutes is long. And my God. third, I think my third or fourth stand-up gig was uh, uh, opening for him at Radio City Music. Oh, my oh. God. But, you know. Oh, God, Goldie. The but places, it's not my thing. The I mean, places I we worked, his third but or fourth The thing. weird thing about stand-up is you kind of are as good as you're going to be right when you start. I, right. Like, I, honestly, I never saw anyone get better. I saw people get more refined. Refined. They, they really, mm. But it's like, if, if you're funny and you can get up and your attitude isn't terrified, and especially if you're opening for someone else, yeah, it's like giving a toast at a wedding the crowd is not, like we always went in at open mics the crowd hates whoever but if you're opening for ferguson you're like you you have a toolbox and you're funny then i'm not saying it wasn't hard what you did but i am saying that like you start with some money in the bank and you seem like a smart guy who can read a crowd and you have so many reps doing radio or whatever it's yeah. not like you're just thrown out there no that's exactly it i think it's because i had been coming out of radio and because i'd learned so much you know, on the Conway and Steckler show. And I was doing public access TV. I was doing local television for like a decade out in, out in that. Chino, California, out, out near the men's oh, yeah. prison. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I learned, I learned about TV production and, and comedy and improv, everything I did there with a small group of people. And we did any kind of show you could think of. I did. I had my own variety show. We did sketches, wow. a late night monster movie show where I showed crappy horror movies, oh, and I and that. so I, I and then I was sort of prepared for all of that, especially the late. I mean, then the late late show, obviously. How know. did you get that? The late late show, be, it came out of public access TV. I was doing this wow. uh, preacher character, uh, <laughs> the the Reverend Apostle BG. Holiness preacher, and uh, <laughs> had this show called the Holiness Half Hour of Power, where I was just taking phone calls and giving people really bad advice, and uh, right. <laughs> wearing a bald skull cap and a cigarette. All right. You know, well, we don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, so one of the one of the bits I did no um no he just doesn't like that you said bald oh I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> yeah like that I was part it. of the humor yeah the, the bald, bald skull cap yeah. <laughs> you know people really love that you know when you're it hairless just adds the comedy right away <laughs> yeah <That's funny. laughs> well well that was actually based on a boss of mine this guy uh, Bill Bill Green uh, I used to work for the the cable company for a, it was back then it was a Delphia Cable. Yeah. And I was out in Chino doing like, you know, local news production and stuff with the, you know, me and one other guy doing like, you know, we're covering the Chino Valley Kiwanis Club picnic. And I'd be out there, you know, interviewing people and then had to cut together a segment for oh, the Chino wow. Valley News. Oh, God. And, uh, and then I had my own entertainment segment uh, where I'd review movies and it was called Real, R-E-E-L, Real News with Josh Thompson. Hey everybody! Yeah. I still have those on tape. I should. 
I should do you remember yes. the like what era movies are we talking about? Oh, this about is here? like 2000. This is like 90, 98, 98. Wow. Okay. So you're 90. like, The Matrix is a, a thrill ride. That's right. Phantom <laughs> Menace is an absolute wonder. George <laughs> Lucas has done it again. <laughs> well, thanks, Josh. I appreciate that. Uh, I did one weird sketch on my, my, I had a, my variety show on public access. I did a sketch, and I don't know why, where I interview Peter Benchley, uh, <laughs> the author of Jaws oh. and, the, and The Beast. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was struck by the fact that Peter Benchley only seemed to write stories about sea creatures oh, yeah. that invade yeah. small New England towns. The Deep. The, the deep. deep is There's another the one. Deep and yeah. the deep and beast. And beast, yeah. right? Yeah. So I had him, white I had him call in and I had just a horrible picture of Peter Benchley, like a like a bad JPEG, like a 10 by 10, <laughs> just like the worst, you know, artifact on there. Yeah. And and I chose to do this voice for Peter Benchley. I don't know what he sounds like at all, but I was like, Yeah, how you doing there, Josh? Peter Benchley here. And you know, this is me at like, you know. 23 years old doing this yeah. interview with fake Peter Benchley. And he keeps trying to sell me on his new novel. And he'd say something like, uh, well, this is a little bit different from Jaws, you see, because it's about a giant squid. Uh, but but the kicker is it comes to a small New England town. But the kicker here is it's during the winter. You know, Jaws was in the summer. And so it was just basically me improving with myself. And that's so funny. That's, and so anyway, so Joe Strizzulo, one of the writers at the at the yeah, Late Late Show, very funny. He's now a very nice good guy. friend. Joe's a very talented yeah. guy, and um, he he was watching my public access show where I was doing the preacher, and he was getting high and watching the show. And <laughs> I gave out my email address at the end of the show, and he reached out and said he wrote for a late night talk show, and that's that's how it started. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's that what a great origin story for your your late night show. And and Goldie, I noted, yeah, you like Joe, huh? What is it you like about him? Well, he's bald. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's what I was getting at. Um, but that that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I was just thinking, like, oh, you know, you had a connection and then you did a voice and you went and auditioned, but right. it's yeah. No, Based it's it's actually talent. better that way. I actually I actually love that it happened that way. And it wasn't yeah. because of an impression, um, yeah. right. you know. And but the first thing I did for Craig was the Arnold Schwarzenegger because Joe, you know, he's like, "Well, what else? What else have you done?" And I said, "Well, I'm doing the Howard Stern show," and uh, I called in as Arnold on the phone to talk to Craig. And then the next thing I know, they're putting me in this prosthetic makeup. It was like a two-hour makeup job for this late-night talk show that nobody <laughs> cared about over at CBS. <laughs> went way overboard. The makeup guy, Trent Kotner, is a lovely guy. He, he tells me halfway through the first time he's putting on the supplies. He says, you know, I'm colorblind, but I think, I think, this, I think this looks right. <laughs> That's sort of a that's sort of a negative for a uh, makeup yeah, artist like, to I be colorblind. Why are you here? I love oh, it's the late late too. show. So they put me in a muscle suit, and then suddenly, you know, it was Governor Schwarzenegger checking in from Sacramento. Craig, how are you? It's fantastic to be here. It's fantastic. <laughs> With this big stogie, this guy Joe Props. Yeah, hey, Josh, I got a couple of different stogies for you. Which one do you like? Which one do you like? Here's a wow. big, big comic one. It's an oversized comic one. All right, I'll take the big one. But wow. um, that was great because we had George Takei on the show. Nice. Uh, George, George I had pranked on the Howard Stern show. That was a famous prank call to the, George Takei. One that, of the, that, that, the second... that ranks in the top moments of uh, Howard Stern show history. That's right. Yeah, Maybe. I think 
I think that was the second day on um that was the second day when they were on Sirius uh satellite radio. Mm, second right. day ever. And George was there as the announcer and I called in and said something, you know, George, let me tell you, this is 2006. I will, okay, listen, let me tell you, George, I will make gay marriage legal. I will do this. Unfortunately, I went to sign the bill. My pen was not working that day. But uh, I'll tell you what, if you give me a reach around, George, I will, you know, and George, oh my goodness, you are being so flip and so frivolous about this. This is a very serious matter. And uh, that was the best. And I think the best line was, and this was all improv, by the way. So they just said, George is on the phone or George is in the studio. Uh, the premise is Arnold, you know, won't won't sign the gay marriage bill. So we'll yes. see what happens. OK, you know, it's 430 a.m. L.A. time. Yeah, it's on my I had a Motorola flip phone. <laughs> yes. I was living in Glendale in this crappy apartment where there was no signal anywhere in that apartment except if I stood on the toilet in the bathroom holding the phone near the ceiling. This is absolutely true. So 4.30 in the morning, I'm in my boxers, half asleep. Howard, good morning. How are you? <laughs> and I remember saying something like, um, we're talking about Japanese, you know, George is talking about the Japanese internment camp. Oh, God. And Howard said, "You're gonna, you're gonna say that to George. I mean, he was in a Japanese internment camp." And I said, "Well, you know, shit happens." And that, and that just, Artie Lang just lost his mind laughing. And I think that was it. I think that was the moment. That is so amazing. And so now, because we're we're talking about Arnold and these prank calls, and that was certainly a, you know a famous moment in uh, Howard Stern radio show yeah. history. Was when you did that to George Takei. But there was also, I read, um, where uh, you went on, I don't know if it was on Howard or something, and you outlined the governor's plan to, like, attack the moon or Mars or something, and then, yeah. then MSNBC picked it up as a real story. That's right. So tell us a little bit about that. that now, that was Stern, and actually, that was the first big, that was when Stern was still on, you know, Regular normal radio. radio. Yeah. And... Uh, he, they said, we, we want to do a bit where Arnold blows up the moon. I didn't know that, you know, Mr. Show had done this bit, yes, by the way. Right, that's right. all I ever heard in the intervening years. Was, that's a Mr. Show bit. <laughs> of course. Okay. I didn't know. Um, but they, they said, you know, Arnold will pr has a proposal to blow up the moon. And then they wrote a couple of things that, you know, may maybe you could say these things, but feel free to do whatever. Again, same thing, four o'clock in the morning in my yep. boxers. <laughs> Good morning. So what happened is I said something like, um, Howard, we need to get rid of the moon. It's totally useless. I mean, we have electricity now. We can see with the, with the lights and all that. You know, or we could use fire, torches. We can use a flashlight. We don't need it. And I said, also, the, the, the word, of course, it's the Howard Stern show. So, you know, I said, well, you know, the moon, of course, regulates the menstrual cycle of the women. <laughs> if we get rid of the moon, no more PMS, no more bitching and whining and all that. Oh, my so, God. So that's that. Just that point was what caught the attention of, of Joe Scarborough over at, I think it was called Scarborough 
country or Scarborough County, whatever, on MSNBC. <laughs> and he went on the air, and the clip is out there somewhere, and he's, you know, wait, way to lose half your voters, Mr. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> your, your nasty comments toward women won't get you any, you know. Ignoring so, the part about blowing up the moon. Don't even just, worry about does, that. Does this stuff impact your confidence in the media? That yeah, you've right? had this insight into this with Fox and Friends of Scarborough, that it's like, they're so hungry for content. Yeah. That they'll just let you run amok. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, we got Arnold. Just put him on. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> so so then Joe had to go back on the very next day and apologize on the air. We had received some erroneous information. It was not the governor. It was an impersonator. And, I, and I'm just sitting there going, say my fucking name. Yes, exactly. Say my name. Say my name. And I didn't realize that that would be the theme of my entire career. Say my name. <laughs> There's the name right, of our episode. Because your name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Your just, name is Morgan yeah. Freeman. Well, that was the thing. with, And that I think that probably... You know, you'd asked earlier about, you know, my feelings on impressions and getting sort of pigeonholed. I think that's that above everything is probably the thing that is the biggest issue is, you know, just people don't they never connect. Like even with uh, Jeff, Jeff Peterson, with, yeah. the, with the robot on the Late Late Show. I mean, only now after going on Craig's podcast and talking about it, only yeah. now there's like thousands of people that are like, hey, you, you were You're the guy, guy that did the thing. Wow. Yeah. Really? Well, the, funny, the funny thing about that. Is that they chose to name this the robot skeleton Jeff Peterson? They could have easily named it Josh Thompson. That's true. Like, <laughs> Jeff Peterson and Josh Thompson are yeah. it's like six and a half dozen. Like, well, I don't know because see, Jeff Peterson's a very important name, man. You know, I come up with it, man. But we'll get something going with you, man. Don't worry, man. Don't worry. And we've got the Scottish spelling of Jeff with G E O F. Yeah, it's a little, it's sort of a nod to the old, you know, the old country man. So, but we'll get you out there, man. We'll get you out there. Oh, well, I, I just love how this Arnold just fooled so many people, as yeah. does your Morgan Freeman. So, okay. And, and by the way, this is, you know, again, I'll point out to all of our listeners, you, you can't really see us now, but Josh is by far the most handsome man on this podcast right now. So the, the, to, to have you like achieve you know success being a just an actor does not seem like a stretch like you look like an actor yeah like i'm looking at you now you're well lit you're a handsome guy you got the chestnut wow. eyes that are yes. you know they're drawing me in that's <laughs> that's what you need so uh, i think it's hey, hair Okay. Yeah. Hair. Yeah, he's, he's got, got hair, a full head of hair. A full I mean, head what, of hair. What, do you, back in the day when these things used to exist more, when it was pilot season, were you mm. someone who, did you get breaks? Did you get auditions for that kind of stuff? Was that something you were, were focused on? No, no. I, it was all, it's all been mostly voiceover. Yeah. It's so yeah, crazy. I, did you bug your agents about that? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I've tried to. Hey, you know, I'd like to be on camera sometime. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll uh, learn to. We'll code. get that going. Learn to code. Yeah, we got a, We got a video game uh, voiceover audition here for you. It's uh, pig number two. He's, he's got three lines, right? Yeah, but I'd like to be on the. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I think now, you know, yeah, I mean, I think once I went out for a commercial audition, you know, it was uh, this god-awful place. Was it like Ocean Park Casting or something? I don't know. In Santa Monica. It was an yeah. absolute nightmare. It was one of those cattle call auditions. I said, yeah, I don't want to. This isn't my. Yeah, cattle calls are I'm no not. Now nah, I'm good. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. because I guess you've experienced, and I, I won't say it's effortless because you put a lot of effort into it, but your success in the world of voiceovers has been, you just absolutely like a river flowed into it and it's been awesome for you where I can see that the cattle call audition world must be like, I don't want to fucking do this. Yeah, I don't want, I, I think now it's, you know, you can make your own way now even more, more than you ever could before. You know, I, I, I I'm much more interested in, uh, you know, making films or, um, doing my own shows. You know, I, I did a lot of streaming shows several years ago, just kind of weird experimental stuff that I enjoy, like the stuff with Jeff Richards and the George Lucas and trying to find some outlet for that. Um, it's much more fulfilling to me, just just yeah. creatively. But then also being able to do silly voices now and again is, you know, it's pretty now great. But yeah, it all, it all, I was sort of in the right, I mean, I had already been doing puppets and making my own shows in public access and doing all those shows in the basement and all these years of things. It's kind of funny that the Late Late Show really was an amalgam of everything. It was yeah. like puppeteering because I, I puppeteered this robot skeleton right. while doing the voices. And I had all these musical instruments backstage and I was puppeteering a, a talking rhino head above the fake fireplace and I was doing the voice of the invisible band and I was doing all the wow. phone calls. So it was like, I was doing all these things on the show. And when the show ended, uh, it was a, I was in for a rude awakening when I realized that like nobody in the industry had any clue who I was. Right. <laughs> so it was like, oh, you know, so, but there was a period there where there wasn't a lot going on. I mean, I think just in the last five years, especially with Family Guy, I mean, it's been, it's everything, it's just been really, fantastic like all the stuff that i've been able to do on the show and like big part like trump and doing a lot of like bigger yeah. roles on the show has been really fun for me well you're really you know that. and i'll have to point this out and we'll get into like how you came into the family guy universe a little bit but something that's so great about working with you every time i see you on the record schedule it's it's such a luxury because not only do I know like, yes, we're going to get like a great impression or the voice is going to be awesome. But what's really important uh, for, for voiceover actors, especially at family guy is that you understand the jokes. Like, and I know that sounds kind of simple, but like sometimes you get people to come in and record and it's clear they just don't even really get it. And so that's tough. But where every time I record with you, you're always so ahead of every joke. You you know, you're when you go into a line, you already have the uh, comedic attitude nailed. And I think that, you know, speaks to you have a great sense of humor. So that is very hugely helpful. This is a uh, this is a, a mini rant that no one will care about except us. <laughs> what one of my qualms with animated stuff. Yeah, is that now there's such a focus on getting a celebrity to voice it, mm -hmm. and it ignores the craftspeople like you, who do it better, mm -hmm. and get specific, <laughs> and and that's what engages the audience. Not knowing like, and I don't I don't want to denigrate any celebrity, so I won't put someone in here. But you usually get sold. Here's a celebrity, and then they yeah. come on, they do some interview about like, I had so much fun doing the bird, and I and, and like what they do is so <laughs> they think they're so full the of bird. themselves that a they think their own stupid voice with no spin is entertaining, which it is not. No, no. <laughs> Unless and two, the audience isn't sophisticated. They don't live in L.A. They don't know it's that celebrity, so they're just hearing. 
a pretty boring voice (laughs) divorced from what they know whereas people like you could come in and do the thing that makes a fifth grader on the playground want to do that impression to their friends which is what makes the simpsons successful what makes family guy successful is is the peter griffin (laughs) it's not knowing like oh you know, and uh, and Peter Griffin is Don Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good celebrity to slam. Yeah, I yeah, was gonna no, say, anyway, I, I was going to say, excuse John... the interjection, but I just think no. that, like, I, I want to make that point. Yeah. And I want to also compliment you that you do that. Yes. Yeah, that's wow, totally true. It's like John Hamm was the cow. It's like, I don't care. It just sounded like a normal <laughs> yeah. white guy voice. Like John Hamm. Yeah, that, and that's, I, I, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that, uh, you know, uh, that's been a source of contention for, for, I mean, many decades now, you know, yeah. with the celebrity casting and, you know. Yeah, but nobody uh, knew, nobody knew who Hank Azaria was before The Simpsons, right. but now he is a legitimate star because the Simpsons vault everybody loved like oh, they were doing Mo and you know Chief yes. Wiggum and it's like who the same guy does all these that's yeah. awesome yeah exactly um, yeah yeah it's, so t- um, t- tell us a little bit about how you came into the Family Guy uh, universe boy that awesome oh, that's a, I mean it's been well it is interesting uh, it was a long time ago it was uh, let's see of course well, I was doing sleight of hand magic in Omaha <laughs> I was uh, many years ago now. Uh, <laughs> young boy, Josh Robert Thompson. Uh, Garrison Keeler. Young voices. Do you, do you have a Paul Harvey? Paul. Oh, oh wow. Paul Paul Harvey. Good day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's all, all I remember. My dad will love that. My dad listens to the podcast, and he and I used to listen to Paul Harvey together. God, he was amazing. But was it Linda LaMontagne who first it was, got it you? Was, it was Linda LaMontagne. Yes. Yeah. And she was uh, our old casting director. She quite a character. She's a character. She she I I, I will say she um she she really was uh my you know, she championed me. She really like was That's pushing great. for me. I don't remember when I started working with her years ago, maybe a show on Nickelodeon. It was a stop motion animated show called Glenn Martin DDS. It was Whoa. it was a it was about a it was a dentist and it was uh, I can't remember anyway, but I remember doing some voices for that, and then um, yeah, I probably just did like a few voices here and there for Family Guy. Just yeah, just just to you know, if you look at the IMDb, if you look if you look up my IMDb, and then you look at all the Family Guy, it's like two, you know, one season I did one thing, and then <laughs> right. you know, last five six years it's been like you know, but yeah, it, it was it was just here and there. I just started coming on here and there and. I don't even think I don't I think that you I don't know Alec if you were there right that might have been when I was not there for a couple of years and there was all this build up by the way it was so when but when you came back to the show I was told <laughs> I was going to go into the studio and do a session and I was told all right now Alec Selkin has, he has returned to the show <laughs> who is that and you need to really impress this guy <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck is in it? You're going to go in there. Don't make any small talk with him. Which I've learned is, is true. Don't make any small talk. It's true. That's, that's, just, and don't idea. look in his general direction. I mean, this is, uh, you know, and I'm like, what, who is this guy? Who are you talking about? You know, is this real? All respect. I'm like, I don't know who. <laughs> who? So... Yeah. So I go in there and I am just, I'm, 
I'm I'm shaking. I'm just so fucking nervous. <laughs> You're quaking. It's ridiculous. And ridiculous. it was just the most pleasant, you know, interaction and yeah, you were we laughing. But that's because time. you're good. I yeah. feel like and if you he's weren't stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's oh, what it was. That always helps. It just <laughs> takes the edge off any any introductions. <laughs> no, but you were you were great from the very first moment, obviously, uh, that I heard you. And um you've been doing you say uh, you know, on your IMDB and the family guy uh credits. Um well I was looking at that last night in preparation for today. And the voices that you've done on Family Guy, it's like the Vietnam Wall in Washington. <laughs> there are that Jeez. many voices on I know. there. It's crazy. Some of them I didn't, you know, you know how IMDb is. So, some of them I did not do. So there's oh, like, got it wrong. there's like boiling pot, you know, the famous boiling pot where Peter's <laughs> talking to a boiling pot. I'm like, that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, it, it is know, now. John, John Viner. That's like somebody, that's not me. It's not me. Yeah, John but Viner was not asked to be a part of this podcast. <laughs> I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> uh, but people yeah. say, so on TikTok, all of a sudden, like, I don't know, six months ago, there was this resurgence of that clip from Family Guy, the the talking pot, the boiling pot, and everyone tagging me in it going, hey, man, great job as the boiling pot. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you got my name right, but that's not me. <laughs> Finally get my name. <laughs> oh. This is a constant <laughs> battle for you. Yeah. Well, you've been so amazing for us over the years, and obviously your your impressions are just absolutely mind blowing. They are that good, yeah. um, and you've been very generous with your time today. But before we get into, uh, I believe you're going to be joining us for top five, which is awesome too. Yeah. Is there are there things that you're you're working on now that you want to let our uh, small but powerful audience know about? Well, I th they're all things that I probably shouldn't talk about, only because you know when you talk about them, then then they won't happen. Right. You, know, like you jinx them. You know, if you're writing something, but I mean, I. I am writing a book, and it's been very exciting. It's been very interesting. Um, oh, Goldie can give you some encouragement there. Oh, yeah? Goldie, step in, a book. Goldie, uh, what do you got for me, buddy? Well, I'll... You're a bald man. <laughs> That's what it's How dare about. you? I don't know you that well. You seem uh, like you know. <laughs> the one true path to happiness is writing your book and then watching as it doesn't appear in stores and then oh, slowly turns up in little free libraries close to where you live from people who briefly had it in their possession because you gave them a copy and then thought you'd never find out that they got rid of it. <laughs> right. It's oh happened now twice to go yeah. over. So oh, my God. Been a fun, uh, fun run for Did us. you sign? Did you autograph them yes. as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love when I get those books at the thrift store. It'll say like, to Janie, never give up. Right. Well, Janie gave up. Gave up. Yep. She gave up. Uh, so, but, but so are you writing a book about your experiences and your... Uh, you know, your journey through Hollywood? No, it's actually, um, it's, it's fiction. It's, it's, oh, uh, cool. yeah, I, I won't say anything else, but it's, it, I mean, it, it's partly based on, um, growing up in Cleveland. And so most of it is set in that neighborhood that I grew up in. And, um, I, I it's just something I've, I can't get out of my head. It's something I've wanted to write for a long time. And I just decided now's the time to start. Um, squid during winter attacks your little neighborhood yeah that's ex that's exactly it that's a, <laughs> the book is called learn to code and um, it's a guide it's a it's a it's a how to i love that that's our through line yeah. well jo josh 
Thank you so much for coming yeah. here today and, and yeah. talking with us. Oh, and, it's my pleasure. And thank, thank you, Arnold. Thank you, George. Thank you, Morgan. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. May the force be with you. Take care, oh, yes. you bunch of weirdos. I appreciate it. I'm almost bald, too, so don't feel bad, Goldie. <laughs> Thanks. That's just so wonderful. All right, and now the four of us are going to go into a portion of the show we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Josh, that's the three of us singing, by the way. That's so really you know. good. Just so you know, thank you, JC. Really Put that good. together, and then we sound great. And there's a little, a little auto-correcting, I'm sure. Um, Goldie, this was your list this week. Tell the folks what we're top five and about. The top five songs you hated when you first heard, but now have come around and love. Mm. Let's do it. Yes. Uh, number five for me was Katy Perry's California Girls. Mm. Oh. All right. The Snoop Dogg verse might be one of the worst verses ever rapped. Yes. But it's a good song now, somehow. I love Katy Perry. And I like to hear it. Okay. Uh, number four, loathed this when it came out. Now love it. Madonna Borderline. Oh. How could you have hated it when wow. it came out? Well, he was young... I just, I, the whole thing seems so sugary and stupid. And now I like it. Okay. Number three, and this is just a reflection of aging and maturing. Mm. You don't bring me flowers anymore. Uh, <laughs> you don't bring me flowers. Yeah, for, it was like, you know, it, it just seemed like Sappy. a very petty complaint when I first heard it. <laughs> uh, number two, staying alive. Oh, I yeah. used to okay. hate staying alive. I can see that. Hated it, but now since I know more about the Bee Gees, et cetera, I, I really enjoy it. And yeah. as you get older, the message is a little more relevant. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. And uh, number okay. one, and this is a, is a very famous polarizing song that I now am a huge proponent of, Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. Oh, uh, Amazing. Wow. Wow. I consider that. Amazing. Yeah, oh, wow. I thought is. you were going to say Kokomo. <laughs> did he did he skip number two or did you have all no staying alive. Stand alive okay okay got it got it um all right uh josh would you like to hit us with your i list? didn't skip anything you fucked up <laughs> yes <Yeah>, sorry wow <laughs> point that out uh all right uh well let's see uh i'll do my my shadow stevens voice <laughs> josh it's shadow stevens <laughs> Uh, we're going to do a... Shadow Stevens calls me all the time. He's such a lovely guy. Josh Shadow Stevens. You don't have to say your name every time, Shadow. Uh, I, this is very random, so I, I cool. didn't really know what to do here. But uh, coming in at number five, it's Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O. Sullivan. Oh, yes. Wow. Yes. You know, I, like I used song. to listen to this uh, on, on vinyl. My, my mom had this album. Gilbert yeah. wearing a... Uh, Sensible sweater on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, pensive Gilbert. But, uh, you know, the older I've gotten, the more I understand that song. <laughs> so thanks, Gilbert. Naturally. That's number five, Alone Again Naturally. Number four is Rico Suave by Gerardo. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> I hated that one, too. Yeah, not, not a favorite. Uh, a close friend of mine had that on uh, cassette single back in the day. Oh, Amazing. the single. Yeah, the single, <laughs> drove dr driving around Parma, Ohio, blasting Gerardo. Learned the code. Not a turn that music off and learn the code. Yeah, turn that off, Gerardo. <laughs> thinks he's a music star. 
Uh, that's number four. Uh, number three is uh, Dreamweaver by, Ooh. is that Gary Wright? Yeah, It's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Now, yeah, I mean, Dreamweaver was on all the time when I was a kid. And uh, it always creeped me experience. out. We've had the opposite experience with that. I loved it when it came out. Because the first time I ever heard that was in Wayne's World. I'd never heard oh, it Oh, yeah, right. Wow. And then and now it's a turn the radio song. So I, we, we went in the opposite direction. Maybe that's... Maybe that's when I fell in love with it was uh, Wayne's World. Maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And the opening of that song, the instrumental opening is uh, is very weird, very cool, yeah. very creepy. Yep. Space <laughs> what was that? Number uh, number three. Was three. that three? Yeah, it was yes, three. Yes, it yeah. was. All right. Number two is uh, <laughs> Admiral Halsey. Yes. Uh, no, Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey. Hands across the water. By Paul and Linda McCartney. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what is it called? Uncle what? Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey. That's wow. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Albert. Albert. <laughs> what a great piece of music. Yep. Yep. And uh, let's see, coming in at number one. This is a weird one. I don't know why I wrote this down, but uh, <laughs> Deep Deeply <laughs> Deeply Dippy by Right Said Fred. Oh wow! Oh, I don't even know that. Very, song. I don't know that one. That's a B side. That's a B side for all of you folks out there. Wow! Now you love it. You hated Deep, it. Deeply no, you... dippy by well, I love it because it, I, I have a, a close friend of mine who uh, you know, a guy I grew up with, passed away several years ago. But he loved Right Said Fred, and uh, I don't know. I, I now that yeah. I hear that song, it reminds me of him. So yeah. oh, that's nice. That makes sense. That's Deeply nice. dippy. Great Deeply list. Dippy. Both yeah. Right Said Fred. Great, Great list. It's funny. Mm. I, I just want to mention Goldie. We've talked about our friend Todd Kidder. Uh, I went to high school with him, and uh, he told me that when he was leaving our high school for the last time, he got into his car, and he was like. I, you know, I've had such a profound experience at this high school. I'm going to just turn on our radio station and whatever song it is, that's going to be, it's going to be me driving off for the last time. I want it to be something weighty with gravitas. And it was uh, Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey. Oh, <laughs> so oh, he's man. driving off and it's going, it's like so silly. <laughs> Uh, so I, love I thought that you were going to say it was, hey, where you going? <laughs> I'm going to Thompson's Clam Bar. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great, too. All right, here's my list at number five is uh, The Bat Dance by Prince oh. from Batman. Yeah. It is. It was such an infuriating song at the time because it has like seven different tempos and parts. And now I'm just obsessed with somebody having that being their wedding song and just being like a completely uh, disjointed mess. But I love oh, it. Oh, if you ever get married again. There we go. I can live out that dream. Uh, number happen. four for me is Air Supply, All Out of Love. Wow, yeah. Which, as a kid, I was like, this is boring. What is it? And now it just takes me away. <laughs> right. Takes me away. Um, number Take three, this away. is kind of a cheat. Uh, any song by a band called The Weavers. So oh. The Weavers were folk rock back in the 50s that my mom loved. So when we went on a college tour together, she just popped in this double CD and I was like dying of boredom. <laughs> but now when I hear the songs, they remind me of that uh, pleasant time being Aww. young. So I like That's it now. That's sweet. Uh, number two, Mbop. 
by that Hanson. Is a bop. That is I, literally at the time, a bop. Hated it. Hated mm-hmm. them. Couldn't. Yes. It didn't. It didn't care about any of it. And now I hear it, and I'm just like, oh, the '90s. <laughs> um, and number one, Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks. At oh. the time, didn't wow. didn't like country music. Anything that was like country i was just instantly like hate it don't care why is this sort of fleshy guy so popular now when that song comes on i'm singing along with everyone else that's a great list great list okay my number five is party all the time by eddie murphy (laughs) i now love that song oh my god (laughs) that's a great choice Uh, number four is Rio by Duran Duran. Oh. Always love. I know. I didn't. When I was a kid, I thought they were. So, okay. I have background on this. So yeah. before I entered high school, I was in that video. We built this city, right? So I became friends with China Kantner because we were both in that video. We yep. went, we started high school at the same time. We went together. We started, we were like, she, I was the only person she knew. She was obsessed with Duran Duran. That it made me hate Duran Duran. (laughs) And so it wasn't until I was older and I was like, this band is amazing. And they, yeah, so they're, I love that. Stu's got to love that song. Great bass line. Yes. Well, yes, he, yes, he does. We listen to Duran Duran a lot. So, um, okay, number three, Time After Time by Cyndi Lauper. I hated it when it came out. It is, so amazing now. I hate I hate it now. Oh my I god. I love it. You're crazy. No. I I, so I liked it at, at first. I hate it. I like time after time and true colors. I do not like now. Turn the turn the yeah. radio. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Um number two is Wonderwall by Oasis. I oh, hated that song. Always. I know, but I didn't I just thought it was so much hype and I just didn't want to like it. And now I'm like, this song is incredible. It's, it's awesome. So good. Yeah. And then number one, I remember hating the song so much, and now I just love it. And we sing it all the time in the house. What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner. Oh, I used to oh, think it was yeah. so corny. And I'm like, no. I love that song. That was yeah. a big part of her comeback. <laughs> yes. Ms. Turner. Exactly. Rest in peace. Um, that was a great list. So, JC, what do we have next week? Okay. What's your topic? It's a bit weird. Let's but do it. Top five words, I guess it could be phrases, but words to whisper. Oh, that's great. I love that. That's amazing. Okay, I'm going to whisper some words in my wife's ear and see what doesn't get me slapped this week. Um, All right. Again, Josh, thank you for talking with us. Thank you for your wonderful Johnny during the Johnny jokes and doing jokes. We love that. Yeah. And, you know, thank you for all the fantastic work you've put in at Family Guy. It's made the show markedly better. So we really appreciate that. So thank you for coming in today, Josh. Thank wow, you. Wow, it's very kind of you to say. Thank you. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I can't believe I made it. I made it on the show, everybody. Oh, it's, oh, it's been a plan. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought it would happen. You were on our wish list. Thank well, yeah, because when I, we were at the uh, Danny Elfman show and I had to sort of ask you, like, would you ever do it? And like, you were always I? on the list. Yeah, I didn't know you were on the list. But we let never... me let me think about it. I had to think about it. <laughs> you were great, and there's no reason you should want to do this podcast, but you did. It gets, yeah, and gets we were so grateful. Um, but we appreciate. Please, it. he's you're the poster boy for you. Never know where it's gonna you know help you out and and yeah. see you land. So that you could be the breakout star of this podcast. <laughs> that's right. I'm thinking that's the case. 
Um, <laughs> all right, but Josh, you. thanks again. And we will be working with you as soon as the strike, strike ends. You'll be coming in to do 100 more voices. All the voices. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> all right, Thank sir. you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. God, uh, Josh is just so talented. Those it's voices so are unbelievable. Yeah. The Arnold, the De Niro, the Morgan Freeman, like uh, George Lucas. Who would have thought to do a George Lucas? He was so great. So fun talking with him. And next week, friends, friends, fans, <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking to show creator David Casp. He Yay. created Happy Endings. One of my favorites. He's an incredibly talented writer, so uh, we're very excited to talk to him next week. But yes. now, let's end the show as we always do on a high note. JC, I have a feeling we might have the same high note, so I'm going to let you get at it first because... Maybe it means more to you than me. Well, I was going to, this was one of those weeks where it could have been Coco Goff winning. It could be when Stu played with Sublime, they were chanting his name. It could be wow. Trevor Thompson. But I'm actually going to choose the Beastie Boys getting mm. their, getting a corner. It's a Ludlow and Rivington was named the Beastie Boys Square in New York City uh, this awesome. weekend. And for people who know me at all, this is the most important band in my actual career. It's the reason why I became an audio engineer producer because of Paul's Boutique. And I was messaging with Money Mark this morning. And we're morning. in Brooklyn. <laughs> Ask for Janice. There's actually a song called Ask for Janice, which is crazy. Um, uh. I was messaging with Money Mark uh, this morning, which is also like a dream come true. And was letting him know that it wasn't about like how it was mixed or, you know, it was more about that album was the album that made me curious about how think, how could they make this? And right. I wanted to know how to do that. So Aww, what a I, cool address that would be to have. I know. <laughs> that, totally. Four Beastie Boys Square. Yeah. Um, that would be, uh, that's the hippest address instantly. Yes. Yeah. Hippest and address in a Ludlow hip Ludlow Rivington, already. like I spent so much time there when we were in New York. That's so very nice. Great. Very nice. Well, I am going to take one of your potential yes. high notes. Thank uh you. Coco Goff winning the US, U.S. Open. Oh my God. Was just, what a great moment. Obviously, we're, you know, as Americans, we root for Americans to win the U.S. Open. Like yes. that's a th whole thing. And Coco Goff, you know, being a woman of color there in New York, they fucking loved her. And you can Teenager. feel that crowd. You can yes. feel that crowd at the U.S. Open more than any other tennis crowd, really, because they're they're raucous. I mean, yes. they, they go over the line often yes. because yeah. they're like cheering on forced errors and faults and <laughs> yes. stuff. That's not really cool. But boy, that moment was awesome. Yeah. I got, you know, so as Danny Smith, as Danny Smith might say. Yeah, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. I got yeah. goosebumps just yeah. watching it. So I was ugly crying the whole time. Coco, congratulations. You did yeah. us proud. For real. Uh, I'll just say my high note is therapy, that I've re-engaged nice. with a form of therapy. Nice. Don't oh, want to yeah. go in any more details, but, okay. you know. Jack-off therapy? People. No, it's not jack-off therapy. Okay, I'm just <laughs> guessing. You didn't say what it was. <laughs> not jack off there <laughs> <laughs> all right well that was well, a very quick good. succinct 
high note. I think that's yeah. Awesome. You don't. It doesn't all have to be you blabbing about fucking tennis. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, <laughs> as I always do. Well, I agree with you. I've been with my. I call him my new therapist. It's been almost a year now, and he's the fucking best. And I, I'm so happy that I did it, even though that's I so didn't cool. want to. Yeah, right. You're his least favorite patient. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me I'm beautiful, Cole. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun show this that week. Was so good. Thanks, Josh Robert Thompson. Thank you all for listening. Thank you too for being awesome. Thank and you. we will be back to talk to you again next week. You might. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. And it stops right now. Take care, you bunch of weirdos.